for strength. We want to thank you, oh Lord, for comfort. Father, we just want to thank you for life itself. Master, we lift your name now because your name is above all names. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Now, Father, for this offering, we ask that you would bless it and accept it in the name of thy son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. And amen. I want to share just a few announcements with you, please. We are asked to pray for the Reed family. Sister Betty Reed was laid to rest on yesterday. As you please pray for that family. The Blackman family announced the passing of Jesse Evans, who was the brother of our own brother Stanley Blackman, brother-in-law of Sister Firm Anderson. And we ask you again to pray for that family. Sister Ernestine Lovely was also a member of Class 13 passed away, and we ask you to please pray for her as well. Robert Turner, brother of, of Dr. Clara Ford, and Dr. Brenda Coffey will be laid to rest. Um, we ask you to please pray for that family as well. Continue to pray for Brother Frank Reed and all of our sick and shut in members, as well as those who have gone on to be with the Lord. There is an error in the printed program. The MLK breakfast, uh, prayer breakfast included in the program will, be, will take place uh, at 7 a.m., not 7 p.m. You might want to make that note. There's a mistake also, um, and we just wanted to pass it on. Um, this is a happiness from the love, love mother, Dolores Curry. She's back, and she's sitting on the front row. Just wave your hand so we'll see you, and we thank God for you. Amen, amen. Also, Brother James Johnson and Polly Williams ex will exchange wedding vows on Sunday, the 20th of January at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, right here at K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. You know who that is. She's sitting right over there and smiling. But <laughs> anyway, we, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> but anyway, we think, <laughs> we ask you to pray. <laughs> I'm going to say again, she, well, I'm going to leave that alone. Okay. Amen. Media. Would you come with additional announcements? Good morning, Cade Chapel. Let me begin by welcoming my fellow Tougalooans here to Cade. We are delighted to have President Hogan and Tougaloo represented. Cade Chapel is the first site for Recruitment Day 2019 for the beloved Eagle Queen. And we are inviting all high school juniors and seniors, along with the entire congregation, to join us in the Family Life Gym, following both the 8 and the 11 o'clock worship services. College recruiters will be available to facilitate on-site college applications. K Chapel Voices of Love presents a King's Dream 2019. This event will take place on Sunday, January the 20th at 3 p.m. here at Cade. All are invited to be a part of the Interdenominational Mass Choir. Rehearsals will be held on Friday, January the 18th at 6 p.m. and Saturday, January the 19th at 1 p.m. Attention girls ages 8 through 12. The K Chapel Deaconess have been busy planning a Saturday just for you and mom. Mark your calendars and save the date for Saturday, February the 16th from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. for fun, fellowship, and good food. More information and applications coming soon. Today's sanctuary flowers have been donated by the K Chapel members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and the 14 grams of gold Beta Eta Chapter, Spring 1987, Alabama State University in honor of their 106th year of service 
and sisterhood. Happy Founders Day, ladies. We think dads and daughters are cool and even cooler together. So join us on March the 2nd for a father-daughter morning sponsored by the K Chapel Deaconess Ministry. Space is limited, so sign up today by texting the keyword me and dad to 70000. It's going to be a lot of fun and some service. So grab your phone, you or dad, and text the keyword me and dad to 70000. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events and to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app, but be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen, God bless you. Well, I'm sure that we have some visitors here this morning and we want to just recognize you. So if you're not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Amen. God bless you. God bless Amen. You. Won't you remain standing for just a moment? God bless you. We want you to know on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Buckley, and, and the entire K-Chapel family, just so happy you chose to wish us today. If you're just visiting, please come in the time to schedule live. But if by chance you're looking for a church home, before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you just find home. And while you're standing right now, we're going to give you something you're going to get here at K-Chapel, Mr. Baptist Church. This is our fellowship period. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K-Chapel. name all hail
and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Certainly it's good to see each of you, my father's children. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing and glad about it. Good to see you here. God is a good God. Amen? Amen. Amen. I told 8 o'clock when I was a teenager, um, uh, back during the years when, when, when Jerry Rice and Satellite Willie Totten were running up and down the football field there at Memorial Stadium, uh, on Sunday mornings when they would fill that stadium up, uh, my dad would come to the pulpit with two things. Uh, one, he would have uh, a cowbell, and two, he would have his Valley State blanket. And we knew that on that Sunday it was going to be a short sermon because we were going to watch the football game. And I have been waiting since I've become pastor for a reason to bring my Tougaloo blanket to this pulpit. I get it today. I get it today. I get it today. Amen. It is Tougaloo College Recruitment Day, and we thank God uh, for the president being here with us, Dr. Beverly Hogan. Won't you give her a hand? We thank God for her presence on this morning. We have been announcing this for a few Sundays now, and this is the Sunday where recruiters from the school, from the institution, have come to uh, set up in the gymnasium and to also interview uh, high school graduating seniors and juniors uh, to give juniors information, but to also give uh, seniors the opportunity uh, to apply and get um, uh, to really be accepted on site. Uh, in fact, in fact, if you got, do you have that picture? We have one student, one student who at the 8 o'clock got his letter of acceptance this morning. That's him right there. <laughs> Amen. And so they mean business. This is not something that we're just talking about. They can leave here this morning uh, with a letter of acceptance and maybe even a little money. Amen. 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 And so listen, before, before, before uh, we, we see a little something about Tougaloo, I want all the Tougalooans, if you've gone to Tougaloo, if you graduated from Tougaloo, if you spent any time on Tougaloo's campus, if you think Tougaloo still owes you a degree, I want you to stand. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet. Let us see you this morning. All of our Tougalooans. Amen. 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 Look around. Look around. Tougaloo is in the house. Amen. And we are grateful for what this institution means to us. I don't know if you know it or not, but higher education is really under assault, particularly in Mississippi. Um, I was listening to some of the, the, the things that are going on and, and, and really how education is shifting. And, and what you will see is that, the, the, well, I won't say who, but a lot of people in control uh, are really are really diverting a lot of dollars from higher education uh, to to trade school and everything and don't give me nothing wrong with trade school nothing wrong with that I'm not arguing against that but 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 there are some a man who we need to get behind and push to be the next doctors to be the next neurosurgeons amen to be the next ones who are going to change the world amen. And, and I just believe that Tougaloo College is such a place for world changers. Amen? Amen. So listen, I don't do this very much, but I'm going to do it today. I'm, I'm honking my horn today because I'm a Tougaloo and hail to thee, my alma mater. Listen, uh, for those of you who don't know anything about Tougaloo, let's learn a little bit about it if we can. Hail to thee, my alma mater. Listen. For those of you who don't know Kwaba. anything about Tougaloo, Welcome. let's learn a little My bit My name is Niadum from Ghana, West Africa, an international student 
who is here as a sophomore biologist here at the college. I chose to do college at an international student. One basically because of the love. Ghana, West Africa. That's my fault because I didn't give you the setup. I'm sorry. I didn't give them the setup that they needed. That's my, that's, I tell you what, since we have the president here, will you come now and then we'll go back to that. Amen. Won't you receive President Hogan? God bless you. My apologies, maybe. morning again, Kay Chapel, and to Reverend Buckley and all the other ministers, and particularly the Tougaloo College family and the Kay Chapel family. Thank you all so very much for having Tougaloo College here today for this Tougaloo College Recruitment Day. Now, those of you who might have been here for the 8 o'clock service, you got to hear Nee, and Nee is one of our outstanding students, and he does tell the story of Tougaloo College in ways that none of us can because the journey he's traveling there. But you only have to look around this congregation, your fellow uh, members to really understand the true measure of a Tougaloo College education, beginning with your own pastor and his wife, um, Reverend and Dr. Buckley, Buckley and actually pa Patrick on the organ, and all of those, and the voice that you heard, the lovely voice of Shannon Moore, all of those are exemplars who graduated from Tougaloo College. And I said to the audience earlier this morning that if you have been to Tougaloo College, if you had a child who co have come to Tougaloo College, if you came there, uh, but if you just believe in higher education and the principles of which that great institution was founded, and that's equality, fairness, and justice, and all that Tougaloo College has done and meant to the larger community, you are part of the Tougaloo College family. Tougaloo College is indeed everyone's institution because it has played a part and making life better in, the, in our communities, in our state and nation, better for all citizens. I think all of you know something about the history of this institution, but we're very proud of that because we're celebrating 150 years and this 2019 year, and that's amazing. And to be able to kick off some of the events that we will have during this year, such as an emphasis on recruitment, an emphasis on sharing Tougaloo College with the larger communities beginning right here in the city of Jackson. It's just absolutely wonderful that we start this because this is part of what we're doing, reaching out and telling the Tougaloo College student story so that we can reach more students because Dr. Buckley was absolutely right on target when he said that we need more of our students on the pathway to college. The world is changing. Demographics are shifting. The world of tomorrow belongs to the student of today, but the student of color who will fill the leadership role of tomorrow and be, make up the workforce. And I was talking to some of my uh, colleagues earlier that if we are not intentional and focused on getting more and more students of color onto the college track in 20 to 30 years, we'll look around and we will be a majority minority with minority control because we have listened to the stories about college is more like preparing you for a job. Yes, that's the ultimate end, but there's so much in between. And that's what Tougaloo College does. I shared earlier that the narrative, the history of Tougaloo College is like the narrative of the journey of oppressed people out of slavery through full citizenship and leadership, scholarship and leadership in America. And we did that through the transformative power of education that helped those individuals who went forth from institutions like Tougaloo to go out into the world and transform that world to make it better for all of us. And that's what we're depending on the students today to do. 
and Tougaloo College has done that consistently throughout its 150-year history. And we want to continue to do that because when 2069 come, and that will be the 200 year, Tougaloo College still wants to be standing strong and tall. We are not planning to leave this, uh, the, the, uh, our state or our nation, and we want to be an even more strong force in the future. So when we look at Tougaloo, there are three things I always set forth that we want to remember. We want to remember our extraordinary history, not just because it was founded on a slave plantation, but because of what it has done to create a powerful middle class. You will find Tougaloo College alums among the ranks of leaders and productive citizens anywhere in this world. They are the difference makers. They are the influencers for change, and that's how we equip them. And then we continue that today with all of our students, regardless of what the disciplines are. We also want to make sure that we not only focus on the intellectual development, ensuring that our students excel academically, but we want our students to be responsible citizens. So that's why we make a strong effort to equip our students with the academic and social and professional skills they need for leadership and service in a changing world. We want it to be fluid. And most importantly, they become, students become part of a whole network of supporters. They can go anywhere in this world and find another Tougaloon. Students, I hope you're listening to this, anywhere and they will build a bridge to you for your future and be a supportive force for you. And that's the Tougaloo College way. It's not something I'm saying as president. I've lived it. I graduated from Tougaloo myself, and it was one of the best decisions that I have made. No matter what I've done in my life, no matter how many universities I've gone to, it was a foundation I got at Tougaloo that gave me the confidence that I could do anything I wanted to as long as I apply myself. So we build on the values that our students bring from their families, and we enforce those. And we have high expectations for the students, and we want them to have great character because we want them to care about society. We want them to believe in themselves and believe in something else. We want them to apply their education for their individual betterment, but also their families and our communities so the world can become a better place because that's the ultimately the essence of a Tougaloo College education or any education anywhere. So I want to thank you all so very much for your generosity, for your hospitality, and for allowing us to come into Cade Chapel. And for those of you who have children at home, no sh children who are about to graduate, help them to make Tougaloo College their college of choice. Because Tougaloo wants to be viable, attractive, and competitive in this changing landscape of higher education. Dr. Jackson spoke this morning, but he once delivered a message at Tougaloo. And he said that there were some institutions that ought to survive, and there were some who should. But Tougaloo College was an institution that must survive. And with your help, we'll be standing tall 150 years from now. And thank you all again very much. And continue to pray for Tougaloo College, pray for America, that we will all grow stronger and better together. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. 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 Certainly, we thank God for Dr. Hogan's leadership and her presence uh, many years. Uh, she is the first female president and one of the longest serving tenured presidents, I believe six, six, 17 years? 17 years, amen, of service, amen. And so we thank you for your distinct uh, service to our wonderful institution, amen. And so we invite again all of you to go back uh, in the, in the uh, gymnasium at the conclusion of this service. Uh, take your seniors and juniors with you and get them uh, to apply. Uh, and they may, in fact, leave with their uh, letter of acceptance this morning 
and become a part of the Eagle Queen family. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. Brother Thickman, won't you come? Amen. I know you heard that, and I know you would do all you could do to get these children in, in the right place. Amen. You can't beat a wonderful college as a Tupelo. And I could name some other, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> this time now, we're going to pause for a time in our service where we all can participate. And again, I'm going to say, as I said this morning, you can't be God-given. The more you give, the more he gives to you. So we're going to ask you to prepare to give now. Again, as you have been so blessed, this is the final offering for the day. The choir is going to come with the message of the song, and the usher is going to give us an all chance, a chance to give as we have been so blessed. We'll have words from the pulpit. <laughs> I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So give and it will be given to you. Good measures, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it shall be measured back to you. God's word for the people of God. Usher's choir.
Time now we're gonna ask this choir, choir if they would come with one final selection, and I think it's a wonderful time that we could prepare our minds, hearts, and spirit to be receptive of the message that's coming from our pastor. Which choir, won't you please come?
God, my God. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I still got it. I still got it. After everything I've been through, I still got it. I still got my joy. I still got my hope. I still got my praise. I still, I still got it. The devil tried to take it, but I still got it. Hey, hey. Out of everything I've been through, I still have joy. Most of all, I still have praise. He's still worthy. Hallelujah. Yeah. I still got it. I still got it. The devil tried to steal it, but I'm still giving him glory and honor. Hey. his name now 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 that's a song for folk who've been through something if you ain't never been through nothing just hush don't you say a word you be quiet but for folk who've been through something for folk who've been through and didn't know if they were gonna come out but God saw you through God, my God. Yes. Mm. Mm. Oh, I feel his presence in this house this morning. I feel God's grace. Hey. devil devil you can't have it you can't take it you can't have it you can't take it 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 belongs to him cancer survivors that's for folk who've been through divorce 
That's for people who had to bury a loved one. That's for folk who had to deal with disappointment. And can yet declare I'm still here. I've been through the storm and rain. Still here. Let me try and say a word. My God. Bless your fellowship. Bless your fellowship. I want to thank the members of Delta Sigma Theta. I see you over there. God bless you for your presence on this morning. They gave a donation at the 8 o'clock. And look, the 11 o'clock, they're giving another one. Let me put this in the deacon's hands right now. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for that donation. We thank God for your presence and for you worshiping with us on this morning. Amen. Amen and amen. Listen, uh, for those members who are part of the text service, you should have gotten a text just a few moments ago from K Chapel uh, letting you uh, have a link to uh, the schedule for next week. Next week, our midwinter uh, board meeting uh, is taking place here in the city of Jackson. Uh, churches and pastors and people from all over the nation are gathering uh, right here in our capital city for our midwinter board meeting of our National Baptist Convention. USA Incorporated. If you are a member of our tech service, you should have just gotten uh, a link that will take you to the schedule for the week. And so if you're wondering what's going on throughout the week, hit that link and you will have that information right in your hand. Amen. Amen. Do want you to know also that uh, one of our own uh, sister old reporter, along with uh, Sister Lanny Spam McBride, will be directing uh, the mass choir on Wednesday. Is that right? On Wednesday of, the, of, of this week. And so many of the members are a part of that, that mass choir. Uh, so we want you to go out and support uh, that effort as well. Amen. I understand you have a, grand, a great-grandchild here. Where is that great-grandchild? Where is that great-grandchild? Where is he? Where are they? There they are. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Good to have him here. All right. I see y'all over there. Christopher. Amen. Good to have you with us. A wonderful, wonderful baby boy. And and good, healthy parents. Good to have you all back in the service. Amen. God bless you and God keep you as I pray. If you will, turn with me now to the book of Micah, Micah chapter number 6. Consider this portion of scripture with me. I will be reading from the contemporary English version. It reads as follows. The Lord said to his people, come and present your case to the hills and mountains. Israel, I am bringing charges against you. I call upon the mountains and the earth's firm foundation to be my witnesses. My people, have I wronged you in any way at all? Please tell me. I rescued you from Egypt where you were slaves. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to be your leaders. Don't forget the evil plans of King Balak of Moab or of Balaam son of Beor said to him. Remember how I, the Lord, saved you many times on your way from Acacia to Gilgal? What offerings should I bring when I bow down to worship the Lord God Most High? Should I try to please him by sacrificing calves a year old? Will thousands of sheep or rivers of olive oil make God satisfied with me? Should I sacrifice to the Lord my firstborn child as payment for my terrible sins? The Lord God has told us what is right and what he demands. See that justice is done. 
Let mercy be your first concern and humbly obey your God. Ye may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For a few moments, I want to talk from the subject, getting it right with God. Getting it right with God. I want to begin this sermon with a very direct question. Immediately, this question might initially cause you to be a bit uncomfortable. But I want you to work through the initial uncomfort of the thought and deal directly with the answer. Are you ready? Nudge your neighbor, ask him, are you ready? Here it comes, here it comes. Here's the question, here's the question, here's the question. If you knew that you had 15 minutes to live, What would you spend that 15 minutes doing? 15 minutes. I know it's a difficult position to put yourself in. That's exactly what happened to people a year ago today in Hawaii when at 8.07 a.m. an emergency message was sent to smartphones across the island. Remember what the message said? It said, Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. A year ago today, that message came across smartphones across the whole island of Hawaii. And if you didn't have a smartphone, this message came across the bottom of your television screens. It said, the U.S. Pacific Command has detected a missile threat to Hawaii. A missile may impact on land or sea within minutes. This is not a drill. If you are indoors, stay indoors. If you are outdoors, seek immediate shelter in a building. Remain indoors, well away from windows. If you are driving, pull safely to the side of the road and seek shelter in a building or lay on the floor. We will announce when the threat has ended. This is not a drill. Take immediate measures. With that alert, it is commonly known in Hawaii that if you get that alert, that you have about 15 minutes before impact. What would you do in those final moments? 15 minutes, 13 minutes left now. I was speaking to someone a few months ago who was actually there when it happened. She got that message on her phone and she said to me that that was one of the most hopeless and helpless feelings she had ever had. She said to me, you can't outrun it, you can't hide from it, and based upon all the training that she had as a nurse, she knew that upon impact, everything was over. And so she resolved in that moment to do the only thing that she could do and start texting her family, I love you. Twelve minutes left, what would you do? I was listening to a radio program yesterday that chronicled the thoughts and actions of others on the island that day. Many of them talked about the feeling of helplessness that, that, that they felt believing that in a matter of minutes their lives would be over. Parents talked about trying to get to their children. And one father described the agony of deciding which 
child he would try to reach knowing that he couldn't save both. And knowing that saving his wife was completely out of the question. What would you do? Then some talked about in those last minutes believing that they had on earth that they had to get their business right with God. Oftentimes, it's the tragedy or the threat of tragedy that causes us to try to get things right, right with each other and right with God. The reality is that for a lot of people, their relationship with God is not in a good place, even now. And this second Sunday of 2019, I want to challenge you to get it right with God. Now, in the 11 minutes remaining, that don't mean I'm going to preach for 11 minutes. Amen. You're going to get a full sermon. But I hear people say all the time, I, I believe in God. I, I just need to get things right between us. In this passage, God has us to know that he is aware when things are not right between us. In fact, the language that the Lord uses is in this passage is he says, I have a charge against you. I have a case against you. I've got some evidence of sins, transgressions, and crimes committed against me by you, and I'm going to use Micah to file my charges. Listen to Micah. The Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. This is not the only time in the Bible when the Lord levels charges against his people. In Hosea 12 and 2, the Bible says the Lord has a charge to bring against Judah. He will punish Jacob according to his ways and repay him according to his deeds. In Jeremiah 25 and 31 says the tumult will resound to the, ounce, to the ends of the earth for the Lord will bring charges against the nations. He will bring judgment on all mankind and put the wicked, and put the wicked to the sword, declares the Lord. In Revelations 2 and 4, Jesus says, to the church at Ephesus, I know your works, I know your labor, I know how patient you've been ministering in my name. He said, yet I have this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Yeah, yeah. To the church at Pergamos, he says, I know your works, I know that you've held fast in my name, I know that you haven't denied the faith, but I have a few things against you because you have among you those who practice the doctrine of Balaam. Yeah. You see, the point is that in truth, God could file charges against all of us because God has a case against all of us. If we are honest about our own walk with the Lord, God has a case against us. As good as you think you are and as much as you have changed and as much progress as you have made and as much as you have, have given to the church, none of that is enough to keep God from having a case against you. There's enough evidence on each of us to be convicted of crimes committed against the Lord. If truth be told, the Lord could charge some of us today with any number of offenses. You sitting there acting like you ain't done nothing? Yes, you have. Some of you he could charge right now with impersonating a Christian. Could charge you right now 
with impersonating a Christian. You, you put on Christian language. You put on Christian persona. You attend Christian functions. You try to make folk believe that you're a Christian. But Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by your love. Which means if you're not loving your neighbor, if you're not loving your enemy, you can talk about being a Christian all you want. You're just impersonating one. Oh, he has a charge against us. He could charge some of us this morning with assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. You may not have ever fired a gun in your life. Oh, but your tongue. How many folk have you killed with your tongue? How many people have you wounded? Don't look at your neighbor. I'm talking about you. How many people have you wounded with your tongue? How, how many scars have you caused? How, how much injury have you caused with your tongue? Assault with a deadly weapon. You've killed folks' dreams. You've killed folks' self-determination. You've made folk feel lower than they are. Oh, he could charge us with a whole lot of things. He could charge some of us with burglary and possession of stolen goods. Oh, yes, he could. Malachi asked the question, will a man rob God? Said, you rob me with tithes and with offerings. And whenever you buy something using tithes that belong to the Lord, you robbed God. Some of y'all riding in stolen cars right now. Living in stolen houses right now. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Wearing stolen suits that you shoplifted, going on vacations using funds that you've embezzled. You, you're doing all kinds of things that you've stolen from God. Oh, you thought you were doing pretty good, didn't you? Oh, he's got some charges against us. He could charge some of you with fraud. Presenting ourselves as something we're not coming to the church looking holy, but leaving the church going home and our children don't even recognize who we are from the person we are at church to the one we are when we're home. Because we're one way with them, but, but we act like we're holy at church and full of hell at home. Mm. He could charge some of us with loitering. I say he could charge some of us with loitering, just hanging around the church. Won't commit to it, just loitering. Staying close enough to it because, well, there's something good in it, but amen. I ain't really committing my energies or my resources to it, but, but it's some good in church, so I'll hang around it because, 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 because hanging around it, I might find some some good clients, or I might do some good business, or I might find me a husband or a boo. Oh, he's got a charge against you too. He could charge some of you right now with DUI. Driving under the influence. In other words, you're driving your life yet under the influence of your own pride, the influence of your own selfish ambition, the influence of your own grandiose ideation of yourself, thinking yourself to be something greater than you really are, driving under the own influences of your lusts. Mm. Somebody ought to say guilty is charged. God has a case against you. 
And were it not for a good defense attorney, were it not for a great advocate, were it not for our elder brother who has posted bail for us, Pat, and him who argued our case for us, all of us would be sentenced and punished to the maximum extent of the law. Don't you know what the law says? The wages of sin is death, but thanks be to God that I've got a good defense attorney who's never lost a case, and when he pleads his blood before the mercy seat of the Father, all of the charges against me have been dropped everything that he said he had against me every charge that was filed against me every case that he had against me Jesus got the charges dropped good God of mine in the text God says I've got some charges against you but in order to make his case against Israel, just like a prosecuting attorney for the guy, God raises a series of questions. And the first question that God raises is in verse number three. He says, my people, have I wronged you in any way at all? Please tell me. The King James Version reads this way. He says, oh, my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. God says, watch this. God says, for you who have a problem with me, what have I done to you? For you who are not in right relationship with me, what do you have against me? Where did I go wrong in your life? What did I do that caused you to turn your back on me? What have I done that caused you to distance yourself from me? He says, when you look at, uh, at the history of Israel, I rescued you from Egypt. I can hear somebody saying, yeah, well, why were we there in the first place? Why were we slaves there in the first place? There are a lot of people who have problems with God's divine determinations, things that God allowed get in the way of a lot of our relationships with God, trying to resolve a God of love and a God that allows suffering interrupts a lot of people's relationships with him. How can he love me and yet let me go through these things? But what God says is that in all of that, what he allows... He is still faithful to his word and to his people. In other words, yes, you were slaves in Egypt, but I did bring you out. If you want to get upset about being in bondage for hundreds of years, he says, didn't I bring you out and put you in houses that you didn't build? Didn't I let you eat from vineyards that you didn't plant? If you want to get upset about not having food when you left Egypt, didn't I make heaven rain down bread every morning? Did, if you want to get angry about wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, didn't I make sure that your shoes didn't give out? Didn't I make sure that your clothes didn't get raggedy? Didn't I give you everything you needed? If you want to pout about there being a drought in the land, didn't I cause water to come out of rocks? Didn't I send breakfast to you in the beak of birds? Didn't I keep meal in the bottom of your barrel? Didn't I keep oil in the corner of your cruise? God says to us this morning, my brothers and sisters, even if you've been through something, you didn't go through it by yourself. 
The Lord was there with you all the time and he brought you out and you don't really have a reason to still be angry with God because you are still here. I know life may have had its twists and turns, but through it all, God has been with you and you are still here. Life has had its ups and downs, but through it all, God has stayed by your side and you're still here. I know life has been cruel and cold at various junctures and intersections of life, but God has walked with you through it all and you are still here. And this morning, Right now, you need to get it right with God. Because I don't know when time is over for you. I don't know how much time you have left. Who knows when your time will come? And if you'll need to, in a panic, rush and try to get right with God for what reason God says why, why have you turned against me what did I do that was so bad that caused you to give up on your relationship with me how did I hurt you how did I disappoint you how did I prove myself to be so unfaithful that you decided to go a different way God basically says Tell me what you have against me. He says, because, because I could have something against you. But Jesus paid it all. Do I have a witness in here? Yes. And so in the text, realizing the error of their ways, this passage moves from God talking to the people now to the people responding to God and they say to him basically what can we give you instead of answering the question they now pose their own question what can I do so that you aren't mad with me anymore can I, can I give you more can I offer you my firstborn child can I give you rivers of olive oil listen to them now going to the absurd and to the extremes what do you want God you want my firstborn child? What do you want? Do I, do I have to give you rivers of olive oil? Will that satisfy you? What do you want? These people have something against God. And God says, no, you don't have to be absurd. You don't have to be extreme. It's like some of us do when, when God checks us and challenges us and, and we ask him, Lord, what do you want? Do I, do I have to be a missionary? What do you want me to do? You want me to be an African missionary and go to Africa? And you, you don't have to do all that. How about starting with your house? You, you don't have to leave. You don't have to leave America. You don't have to leave. Watch this. You don't have to leave Vernon Edition. You don't, you don't have to leave your address. Get it right with your house. The folk under your roof, start with them. He says, no, you don't have to go to the extremes. You don't have to be absurd. Just consistently serve me. How about that? How about starting with consistently reading your Bible? Let's start right there. Let's just consistently show up for worship. Let's just start right there. Let's just consistently be at Bible study. Let's just start right there. Let's just consistently go to Sunday school. Let's just start with the basics. Let's just consistently give as God has given unto you. Just start with some simple basic stuff 
consistently. God says, I don't want the extremes. Just what I said. And here are three things, and I'm through. Here are three things he says. He says, the only thing I want from you, watch this. Number one, do justly. What does the Lord require of you? He says, if you want to get right with me, start. Watch this. Do justly. What does that mean? Watch this. I'm going to put it in another chair. Do the right thing. It's that simple. Do the right thing. Some of you, some of us, some of us master in figuring out how to do the wrong thing. Amen. And what God says is, I want you to take all that energy you use to come up with doing the wrong thing and start doing the right thing. How you figured out you was going to get him back and get her told in three different languages? Yeah. Forget all that. Now do the right thing. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Nothing mysterious, nothing mystical, just do right. Nothing puzzling, nothing profound, just do right. Treat each other right, live right, think right, speak right, act right, relate to each other right, love each other right. Do the right thing. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, God requires us to live justly and to love fully. God says to us, do the right thing in life. Don't cheat people. Do the right thing. Don't lie to one another. Do the right thing. Don't take something that doesn't belong to you. Do the right thing. Don't steal somebody else's man. Do the right thing. Don't take somebody else's wife. Do the, don't look at me like that. Do the right thing. Don't retaliate because you've been wounded. Do the right thing. Don't hate somebody else's success. Do the right thing. Don't talk about folk and spread gossip on the phone. Do the right thing. Don't Facebook old flames and Snapchat new ones. Do the right thing. Secondly, secondly, if you're going to get right with God this year, then he goes on and says, not only do I want you to do justly, he says, but I want you to love mercy. What this means is that we cannot be stingy with forgiveness. Stay right there. Stay right there. Don't be stingy with forgiveness. Say it on this side. Somebody on this side needs to be. Don't be stingy with forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what are you saying? I'm saying, if you know God has forgiven you, why are you withholding forgiveness to others? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. He says, love mercy. In other words, that, that means that, that when I have the opportunity to extend mercy and be merciful to people, that I'm going to take that opportunity and extend the same mercy that God extended to me. What do you mean, preacher? God gave you another chance? Give them another chance. God gave you another chance? Give them another. God gave you another chance? Give them another. How many chances? 70 times 7? No, as many as it takes. Give them another chance. Y'all don't like this preaching this morning. And it's just the second Sunday of 2019. Lord, we got 
50 more of these to go. How are you going to deal with me the rest of this year? Listen, listen. Jesus tells a parable. Jesus tells this parable. He said, listen, don't you know there was a man who owed a king a whole lot of money and, and he didn't have it to pay back and the king called him into his courts and said, give me the money that you owe me. The man said, listen, I don't have the money and king, you know the economy is down and I, I had a job but I don't have the job that I once had. The government is shut down and I, I can't pay you what I used to pay you. Please have some mercy on me. The king said, yeah, I heard that the government was shut down and so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to ease up and I'm not going to, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to defer it. I'm just going to wipe it out. In fact, don't, don't, don't worry about paying it back. It's just wiped clean. Go on and, and just wait till your job gets back and go on with the rest of your life. That man left the king's palace and he was skipping on Jump Street. He was high and he was happy and he thanked God and thanked the king for everything that happened. And then he ran across Leroy. Good God Almighty. Leroy owed him five dollars, y'all. Y'all know Leroy. Leroy owed him five dollars and he said, ain't that Leroy? Leroy Leroy took off running, but he found him. He said, don't run from me, Leroy. I know you owe me my $5, and I've been looking for you. That's Buckley translation, but it's a loose translation. It basically tells the same story. He grabbed him by the neck and said, pay me what you owe me. And the man said, listen, you know the economy is down. We got the same job, brother. The government has been shut down. I don't have a job. You don't have a job. You couldn't pay the king. I can't pay you. He said, listen, I don't want to hear that sad story. You've been owing me money longer than I've been owing him money. So give me the money that you owe me right now. And the man said, I, I don't have it. He said, well, that's too bad. You know what happens to folks who can't pay back that money, you going to jail. Send him to jail. And word got back to the king what that man did to Leroy. And the king said, what? You mean he owed me 10000 and he put Leroy in jail for $5? He said, go get him, bring him here, bring him here. We got to have a talk about this. We, that, that don't even make no sense. The man said, yeah, what do you want, King? He said, I heard what you did to Leroy. He said, don't you realize that I was merciful to you? How can you be so unmerciful to Leroy when I've be so, been so generous to you? He said, that's all right, don't even explain it. Just go to jail yourself. Both of y'all can talk it over. And the parable, the point of the parable is, is that when God has been kind to us, we owe it to be kind to others. We owe it to him to be kind to others. When God has been merciful and kind and just and forgiving to us, how dare us be stingy with our mercy and forgiveness to others. Thirdly, I'm through. Thirdly, I'm through. Lastly, if we're going to get it right with God, we got to learn how to walk humbly with him. Walk humbly with him. That's the last thing. Walk, watch this, in a posture of humility with the Lord. Somebody say, walk, walk. humbly. Walk humbly. Walk humbly. Walk, watch this. Walk. Don't run. See, you're in too big of a hurry. Walk. And that's what happens 
at the beginning of the year. Everybody gets in a big hurry with their New Year's resolutions and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to lose this weight, and I'm going to do this, and I'm, I'm getting on the treadmill, and, I'm a, and you start out running when you should be walking. Y'all ain't talking to me. You should just be walking. Build it up. You, 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 you're going to be a sold-out saint, and you're going to do this, that, and the other, and every time the church doors are open, you're there, and while you're doing this, your family is falling apart, you ought to be walking. Start at a place that is sustainable, something you can keep up. Walk. Don't go too fast. Walk. Walk. Some of us have gotten in too big of a hurry, and we've gotten ahead of God. We've created relationships that we wanted that God didn't tell us were ours to have. Ah, didn't think it through ran and got married ran and took a new job because it was offered to us ran and bought a new house ran and got a new car and God says stop running and walk with me then watch this he says not only walk but walk humbly that means this and I'm through that means this that we walk watch this watch this we walk in such a way that we aren't lifting ourselves up Walk humbly. Watch this. That means don't go around bragging on yourself. Walk humbly. That, that means quit making sure everybody know how good you are. Walk humbly. Quit, quit telling everybody everything the Lord has done for you. Because most of the times you tell that story, it ain't about him, it's about you. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. It's called, it's called, the kids call it an humble brag. Y'all heard that term before, an humble brag. They used to say, it, it, an humble brag is when, it, usually it's on social media, it's when you go on social media and, and, and you say stuff like, uh, I was blessed too. And then you go and tell everything that you really want to brag about. But you started out with, I was blessed. Right? And, and since I said I was blessed, then you, you, it sounded like I ain't really bragging on myself, but I'm th giving God glory. But really, all the time, it was really about you. Yeah. Humble brag. Don't, don't, uh uh, no. Let, let your, let, watch this. When I give God glory, let it be real. Humble. Walk humbly with God. I'm through. Walking humbly with God is what a man did whose name was Enoch. The testimony in all of the Bible about Enoch was simple, that he walked with God. Hey, y'all, Enoch never built anything. He just walked with God. Enoch never fought any giants never won any wars he just walked with God that's the only that's the only testimony concerning his faith and that's why he's in the book of Hebrews in the hall of faith because he walked with God 
That's all he asks of us. To walk with him. To put our hand in his. To trust him this year and to believe that where he leads me, I'm going to follow. Walk with him. Trust every step. Believe that every turn, believe that every place that he puts you has been divinely and providentially assigned. Walk with him. I pray that you get it right with God. If you have not already, good news, you can right now. As we open the doors of the church, I want you to think about your relationship with God. Is it where it ought to be? Are you where you ought to be in Him? I mean, really. Has there been some things, have there been some things that have caused you to distance yourself and to not be as close to Him perhaps as you once were? Or have there been some things that happen in life that you've never gotten over? And in fact, because of those things, you've never even given God a chance. Wherever in that continuum you fit. I want to offer Christ because he'll fill in the gap. Wherever you find yourself on that continuum, where, wherever you are in, in, in your relationship with God, if you're not where you ought to be, good news, you can be there now, right now, this morning. You can come now and we will lead you further into your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you want to accept God by faith through Christ, we invite you to come now. Walk with me. Somebody needs to tell him, Lord. Go ahead and get it right with God right now. Walk with me. Walk with me. Yeah, yeah. I need you to walk with me. Oh, yeah. While I'm on. Sometimes I tell him, hold my hand. Hold my hand, Lord. Hold my hand. The doors of the church are open. Won't you come now? Won't you come now? Hold my hand. Something else when I'm riding my car, I'm telling, guide my feet. Guide my feet. I can't make it without you. Guide my
thing I tell him. When I don't have a friend, I tell him, be my friend, Lord, be my friend. Oh, yeah. Father, we're with two of your children right now. You know them each by name. You know their situation and circumstances, Lord. So, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would just look down on them right now. Touch their lives, O oh Lord. That they will become the people that you have called for them to be. Father, if healing is needed, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would heal. Where comfort is needed, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would comfort them, Master. Whatever the need is, Lord, we ask that you would attend to it right now, Lord. Bless them now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Won't you stand to your feet? Again, we invite each of you to come to the gymnasium and share with us in Tougaloo College Recruitment Day. Get your high school senior a letter of acceptance. Amen. As he or she is preparing to go off to college. We want them to consider uh, Tougaloo, our dear Eagle Queen. All juniors are invited to come as well and get information as you begin preparing for your college and academic careers. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. There's a phone. If you're missing your phone, uh, please see Brother Thickpin. A phone is there waiting for you. All hearts and minds are clear. And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit Rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We will see you in the gymnasium.